Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. Valuable seasons, we're coming to the end of it. Say, aw. It's okay. You need to value every season. Value the end of this season. It's okay. That's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about how to value every season. We get value when we give value, right? We value the season, and that means we get value from the season. You need to write valuable at the doorpost of every season of your life. I'm entering to a valuable season. You need to call it that so that you get that value from it. Does that make sense? All right, we talked about that at length. All this is on our YouTube channel. I'm not going to recap everything, but I want you to have those resources. It's on our website. If you click trptampa.com, you go to uh, media and then sermons. It's all there. Also, like I said, YouTube. Uh, We talked about how the old covenant was law-led. The new covenant is value-led. Say value-led. So we need to get out of the paradigms of having a rule for everything. Right? I need a rule for this, a rule for that. You know, Jesus came and fulfilled the whole law so that you don't have to. He fulfilled the whole thing. He obeyed 213 laws and 10 commandments as a human being perfectly. Come on. Like standing up when a gray-haired man walks in the room. I didn't see anybody stand up. People rebuke me for my tattoos. I'm like, hey, that same passage says you can't wear a shirt with two types of cloth in it. So let's roll back your rebuke unless you're willing to get naked. All right? Like straight up. Same rule book, y'all. We're not in that covenant anymore. Someone say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, right? We're in a value-led covenant. So our church has very specific values, very specific core values. They're not our only values, but they are the central values of this house. We honor everyone. We empower everyone. And we have faith for everyone. I gave you the easy part, right? (laughs) Everyone, everyone, everyone. That's the truth. And so we've been talking about that. And today we're going to talk about that third core value, faith for everyone. Namely, how to be faithful in every season to everyone. Sound good? Sound good? Okay, let me give you the definition of our core value. Faith for everyone, defined by us, is a divine persuasion that every kind of person is a candidate for the love of God. Come on, let's say this together. It's a divine persuasion that every kind of person is a candidate for the love of God. I'm talking about the politician, the pimp, every person. Every person is a candidate. Every, I look at every single one of you, I see a, a, a target on your forehead that says the love of God. He's coming for you, all right? What you gonna do when he comes for you? (laughs) He is, he's going to love you. He's gonna, oh man, I can't say that on live stream. I'll say it this way. He's gonna love the H-E double hockey sticks right out of you, okay? He will, that's what he does. He doesn't love us because of us. He loves us because he is love. That's who he is. So we have this persuasion. When we say faith for everyone, that's what we mean. So how can we carry that? How can we carry that core value in every season? Namely, how can we be faithful in every season of life? That's the question today. Here's the answer, all right? I, got, I like giving you the answer at the beginning. I like it. So you can just chew on it all the way through. I'm not, like, holding it behind my back. Here you go. And then if you want to think about it with me, you can, all right? Here's the answer. To be faithful in every season, we need a revelation of God's faith in us. What I mean is God has put his faith in you, and that's what keeps you faithful. It's his faith. It's not you trying to be more faithful. That will fail. (laughs) Listen, the church needs a transition from striving to be faithful to seeing faith's fullness in us. 
Have you ever tried to increase your faith? Yeah, you ever tried, you were like striving to increase your faith? <laughs> I've tried, it didn't work, because I was trying to increase my faith. We're gonna get into it, I don't wanna jump ahead, but it's not about your faith, it's about his faith filling you. His faithfulness in us. Stay with me here. What is faith? Let's define it. Hebrews 11.1, 1, the Amplified says, Now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical sense. Come on. Hebrews 11.1 1 in the Passion Translation, different translations, same verse. It says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. A little bit further in that passage in verse 6, it says, 11.6, without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. Come on, did you know that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him? Get this. You're like, I'm not working for reward. I'll take yours. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It's who he is. He wants to reward you. You can refuse it. Leave it on the table. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Seriously. And this is the great thing about it, which you're going to get this today. You are in Jesus' name. He gives you the faith and then rewards you for having it. I know he's good, isn't he? He gives you the faith and then rewards you as if you did something. He does. You're like, no, no, no. I'm a, I'm a believer. I have faith. It's mine. Well, belief and faith are not the same thing. Biblically speaking, they're different. I'll prove it to you. James chapter 2, verse 19 says, you can believe all you want. There's one true God. That's wonderful. But even the demons know this. And tremble with fear before him, yet they're unchanged. They remain demons. Why? Because there's a difference between believing and having faith. You know, all of hell believes Jesus is Lord. They had a front row seat to the whole, you know, him defeating them thing, you know. They are fully aware and they believe it. They're like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. No, they know. They know any moment, any time could be trumpet time. They know. They know they're defeated, right? But they do not have faith, which is what grace through faith is what saves us and changes us and transforms us. There's a difference between faith and belief. In fact, faith is beyond belief. It comes from a different realm entirely. Dan McCollum, a great teacher and prophet, he says it this way. Your faith are your beliefs that hit your feet. The beliefs that move you, that you actually act on, right? Because you have an assurance of things hoped for, so you take a step, right? And so the faith, the faith is easily defined if you think of it as what moves me, what I actually do, what have I done. That's you moving in faith, Okay? Because you can believe a bunch of stuff. You can come here and agree with what I'm saying and believe what the Bible says and remain unchanged. A whole bunch of Christians that are 40-year Christians, they believe the Bible, but they, don't, they are not found living the Bible. Okay? You can be believing, believing something but not be living it. Right? Anybody been there? This guy has, just me? Okay, two of us. Cool. We're the honest ones in the room. Yeah. No, I know. I'm being funny. 
It's important to distinguish this because if we're talking about a divine persuasion that every kind of person is a candidate for the love of God, that's difficult. It's hard to believe the best about people sometimes. Amen? Is it just me? Are you all professional Christians? You got this all figured out? It's hard to deal with people. I lead a church. That means I lead people. It's the hardest job ever. Not only that, I lead free people who I'm called to tell them they're free. You know, free people are the hardest people to lead because they're free. You can't control them. It's really difficult. <laughs> all right. But it's actually easy when you realize that faith is a person inside of you. I'm going to prove it. I know. It's not belief. You believing is one thing, but you having the person of faith is another. You know, it's God's personality type to be full of faith. He is faithful. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is he faithful? Okay. Then it's like him to be full of faith. It's his personality type. You know, those disc personality profiles, you know, the, like the ones on Facebook, like what kind of cantaloupe are you? You know, <laughs> so ridiculous, you know? I just like the funniest thing ever. I don't ever do them. I just watch y'all do them. It's good entertainment. It's like, wow, they think they're a cantaloupe. <laughs> Amazing. No, everybody wants to know who they are, right? That's why you take those. You're like, oh, what kind of unicorn will I be in 30 years? Like, you know, <laughs> what kind of movie star am I? No, you're not a movie star. None of you. <laughs> Let me help you. <laughs> the truth will set you free, my friend. Okay, listen, I'm telling you, everybody wants to know their person and their personality type because that's we want to know the Lord. We want to know Christ and us, the hope of glory. I'm telling you, we're all searching for God. He's actually the desire of the nations. Right. And if we represent him, well, the nations would want us too. you think we got some growing up to do? <laughs> we need them apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. We need all of them. This is what Galatians 3 actually says. Galatians 3.25 says, But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Let's stop there for a minute. Listen, it says, now that faith has come, we're no longer under a guardian. It's talking about the law. This, this passage is talking about the law being a guardian, a tutor, a jailer. Some translations call it. Okay. But the word tutor has been taught as like it's our teacher, like they're your like math tutor. No, no, no. It's literally closer to hall monitor. The word is hall monitor. The, the law was a hall monitor. It took us from one classroom to another. Okay, have you heard the Bible say we go from faith to faith? Has anyone heard that? Yeah, that's because Abraham had faith by believing and received righteousness. The law came and tutored the rest of humankind to the faith of Jesus Christ. We go from faith to faith. Okay, and the law is what brings us there. So the law doesn't make you righteous. It doesn't make you faithful. Doing right things won't make you right with God ever. Right? Come on. Some of y'all know this. It's true. And yet, somehow we think we need to have more faith. Faith has come. Say faith has come. Is that what it says? Now that faith has come, we're all sons of God. How did you become a son of God? C.S. Lewis said it this way. Said it best, the son of God became the son, a son of man, so that the sons of men may become sons of God again. The son of God became the son of man, so that the sons of men might become the sons of God again. So what came to make you a son of God, a daughter of God? Jesus did. Who came, right? Jesus. And it says, now that faith has come. It literally calls Jesus faith. It should be a capital F in my opinion. 
my opinion. And the Caleb's literal translation, the CLT, it will be a capital F. Now that faith or the person is, of faith has come. Right? Come on. So having faith. Everybody's talking about that. Have faith, have faith. Having faith simply looks like partnering with the person of faith within you. This is so helpful. You might not realize it yet, but this is really helpful. Okay, I know you're thinking, so stay with me. Understand this. It's not you reaching to grab some faith from the heavenly realm. It's the person of faith reaching out of you to move the kingdom forward. That's you partnering with. You get a divine persuasion. I believe that God feels this way about this. And you partner with that desire. That's having faith. That's partnering with doing something in partnership with what you perceive to be the desires of God is having faith. So much easier. We simply need to discern his will for every situation and partner with it. So I need to have more faith. I need to go to that conference. I need to read my Bible more. I need to da 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 da. No, no, no. You need to discern his will. In every situation and going, reading your Bible, praying helps with those things. But those things don't give you more faith. You can't get more faith any more than you can get more Christ. Because faith is a person named Jesus. I know this is a little challenging. But when we say faith for everyone, we're saying there's a divine persuasion inside of us. A person who's persuaded and reaching out to all people. That's what we're saying. 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9 says this. Dear friends, don't let this one thing escape your notice. A single day counts like a thousand years to the Lord Yahweh. And a thousand years counts as one day. This means that contrary to man's perspective, the Lord is not late with his promise to return as some measure lateness. But rather his delay simply reveals his loving patience towards you. Because he does not want any to perish. Say that with me. He does not want any to perish. But all to come to repentance. Listen, Jesus is going to return in bodily form. Amen? I have faith for that. I don't understand it, but I have faith for it. It's outside of my natural mind. It's outside of my natural mind that flesh and bone is on the throne in heaven right now. You know, he took his physical body to heaven. Do you believe what the Bible says? Yeah? Yeah. You can, like, say that's true, or you can have faith. Having faith means you experience it. You grapple with it. You have an assurance of it. It moves you. Are you with me? Come on, flesh and bones on the throne. He's going to return. But he desires that none would perish, but all would come to repentance. Right? That's why we say we don't accept one lost person in Tampa Bay. We don't accept one trafficked victim or one trafficker. Not one. Not one. If there's one left, this church is too small. If there's one woman in a cage, which happens right now. I know we got middle schoolers in the room, but we need to know. This is not, I'm not playing around. If there's one person being abused, if there's one marriage falling apart, this church is too small. We need to go get them. We need to move with a divine persuasion that they're a candidate for the love of God. It takes faith. So how do we receive it? How do we receive faith? Helps Word Studies is a great tool. I love it. It's a Bible dictionary. It defines faith for us, okay? This is written by a bunch of theologians. This is not my opinion, okay? Say, not Caleb's opinion. I'm just going to read you the, dic the dic dictionary definition. It says, faith is always a gift from God and never something that can be produced by people. I'm sorry. Come again. Because a lot of the church is teaching you how to produce more faith. 
Am I making this up? Or is that right? That's true, right? Like, I mean, I've been in church my whole life. I went from the womb to the pew. All right. I've been here for a while. All right. I'm 31 old years. All right. 31 old years. Okay. And all I hear is about how to get more faith, how to increase your faith, a measure, da, 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 da. It's, ne- it's always a gift from God and never something that can be produced by people. In short, faith for the believer is God's divine persuasion and therefore distinct from human belief, yet involving it. They work together. But here's the deal. Even the faith to believe God is a gift from God. Even the faith to believe God is a gift from God. He gives you the faith and then rewards you for having it. says, good job. <laughs> He's made this thing so easy. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Romans 12, 3. I'm not going to read it to you, but Paul says to the Romans, God has distributed to each of you a measure of faith. He distributed a measure of faith. Say distributed. God gave it to you. You didn't go get it. He gave it to you. You didn't earn it. He gave it to you. Come on. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. By grace, you have been saved through, help me, faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Wait a minute. People get it with the grace thing, like, oh, yeah, grace is a gift. But faith, I'm working on that. <laughs> Come on, right? Have you been that guy or girl? I've been that guy. I've been that guy trying to work on my faith, you know, stretching my faith, doing all that. It's exhausting, and it doesn't work. <laughs> the problem with trying to increase your faith is you're trying to increase your faith. It's his faith. It's a gift from him. Andrew Womack, a great Bible teacher, he says it this way, and I quote, there is a human faith that is inherent within every human being, and there is a supernatural faith of God that only comes to those who receive the good news. Come on, we need to get this. 2 Peter 1.1, Peter said it as well. He says, um, he's entering his letter, and then he says, you've been granted a faith just as precious as ours. He's writing to those who have been granted a faith. Say Granted. Come on, all these guys are talking about faith in a very different way than we talk about faith. (laughs) They just say, it's a gift. It's been granted to you. It's been imparted to you. It's been distributed to each of you. Come on. We're able to be faithful in every season because we live by God's faith in us. God has faith in you. Get this. God has faith in you. You might not have faith in you, but God has faith in you. God believes in you. It's actually the faith of Christ. Listen to this, Galatians 2.20. And this is one of my favorite verses, but we're going to go authorized this morning. King James Version authorized. All right? Because they nailed this one. They did. It's good. Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Our other translations say faith in live by faith in the Son of God. That sounds different, right? It's not different. It's, it's okay to translate that way if you understand what they're saying. They're saying the faith that's within him, the faith that I got in him. I got it from within, inside of Jesus, right? But we read it and we think, oh, by having faith in Jesus, right? No, it's the faith of Jesus. Let me ask you a question. If it's no longer you who lives, then how is it your faith? If it's no longer us who lives, how can you claim credit for having faith? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No worky. <laughs> Acts 17, 28 says, in him we live and move and have our being. 
Why? Because it's his faith. It's the faith of the Son of God. Come on. The key to remaining faithful to God and others in every season is this revelation right here. Are you ready? It's his faith, not ours. It's his faith, not ours. It's the faithfulness of Christ that fills us with faith in every season. You need to get this. It's the faithfulness of Christ that fills us with faith in every season. It's his faithfulness. His faith will never fail. Believe me, you want his faith, not yours. His faith will never fail. His faith is beyond belief. His faith is his personality. His faith is a gift to us. You know, you, there was a time where you had faith. It was right up to the moment when you received your salvation. If you've said yes to Jesus, your faith has ended. His faith has begun. Get this. You had faith enough to agree and say, yes, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I confess in my mouth, believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. And that means you are saved, right? Romans 10, 29, 10, 9, somewhere. 10, 9, I think it is. It's in the book of Romans. Read the whole thing. It'll be good for you. Find it. All right. So as soon as you believe in him, as soon as you have faith in Jesus, the Bible says that you're co-crucified with him. You die with him. It says you go into the tomb with him. It says you rise up with him. And guess what? You don't resurrect your faith that died when you rise with him. Okay, you're like, but I want my faith. It's mine. I'll take it. <laughs> this is good news. Your faith ends and his faith begins. You receive his faith. This is so much easier, y'all. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't have faith for that. Good. <laughs> that means it might be God telling you to do it. You might have to access his faith in you. It's a lot easier to have faith for everyone when you realize it's his faith. It's his divine persuasion. It's his will that none would perish. Are you with me? Come on, you know, if you've been in church, you've seen the opposite. You know what I've never seen? I've never seen an apple tree Plants it in the ground, going, apples! <laughs> Apple, apple, apples! Apples! Never seen an orange tree like, oranges, oranges, one, two, three, oranges, oranges, never. It's just bearing fruit, right? According to the type of tree. And because it's connected to the source. You and I have been called oaks of righteousness, the firm planting of the Lord, called to bear fruit for God. Just receive his faith and let it bear fruit. You know what the church is doing? Like, prayer meetings. <laughs> Bible study, Bible study, Bible study. Fasting, fasting. Everybody knows I'm fasting. Instead, we should just be like, his faithfulness in me fills me to overflowing. It's his faithfulness that helps me be faithful. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I live by his faith. In him, I live and move and have my being. My faith ended where his faith began. Come on. Way easier. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Let me read you Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. I wanted to read this at the beginning of the series, but the Lord was like, don't do it. They won't get it. They need to hear it at the end. Here it is. This is like the season's passage, you know. 
So everybody uses, and I was about to use it, but the Lord's like, hold on. Tell them a bunch of stuff and then read it. All right? And I'm just believing God has a purpose in that. Okay? Here's what it says. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. Stop saying you were born in the wrong era. It's a lie from the pit of hell. This is why we, we pray for the dead. I've prayed for the dead. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to. Because there are people who die outside of their time to die. Oh, like my iPad. It just died. <laughs> Come back to me. Let me try my faith real quick. Are you ready? In the name of Jesus. Nope. I got, I'm not loud enough. I'm not convicted enough. I haven't fasted long enough. Nope. He's faithful to give me an iPhone, which also has my notes on it. So I'm moving with his faith. Amen. Come on. Are you getting this? That was a great on the moment sermon example. That was just a great word, Caleb. Good job, young man. <laughs> I'm just teasing. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. I know we only want encouragement in our prophetic, and that's true. The prophetic is meant to encourage. But sometimes you need to wound your friends with your faithfulness. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Book of Proverbs says, deceitful are the kisses of an enemy, but faithful are the wounds of a friend. I've wounded my friends, and they're better for it. I've been wounded by my friends, and I'm better for it. There's a time to tear and a time to build up. Come on. A time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. Stop telling people who are grieving to dance and people who are dancing to grieve. A time to scatter stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away. You understand that some, like outside of your covenant relationships, like marriage and like, like brotherhood covenant, you know, that kind of thing. Outside of those, those other relationships might not last your whole lifetime. And you need to be okay with that. There's a time to embrace and a time to turn away. Some of y'all are hanging on to relationships and it's so toxic for you because you think it's God, but you think it's godly to never let them go. And God's like, let them go. There's a time to embrace and a time to turn away. It doesn't make them evil. It just means it's no longer the season. This is where you discern what the Lord is doing and partner with him. That's all the having faith you need. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. Somebody tell somebody it's a, there's a time to throw away. All right. <laughs> throw away those papers from middle school in that folder. You don't need them, Jimmy. You don't need it. <laughs> you don't need it. I got you, girl. Listen, man, the hoarding thing, it's a real thing, y'all. It's a time to throw away. A time to tear, a time to mend, a time to be quiet, a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We can't hate. Yes, you can. It doesn't say hate people. It says a time to hate. You're supposed to hate what is evil, cling to what is good. This is the time to hate. It's the time to hate three-year-olds being told in the UK that they're supposed to pick their gender. I hate that. It's a time to hate. I don't hate the people doing it. I say God thinks you're to die for. But what you're doing is foolish and damaging. 
and horrible. It's evil. I hate it. And I speak the truth in love. Come on. See, some, well, I'll just say this next part. Yeah. It says a time for war and a time for peace. Part of the church's problem is we're trying to be nicer than Jesus. Okay? We're trying to be nicer than Jesus. There's a time for war. Hello? I'm talking about spiritual war. People are not your problem. They're your opportunity. We fight against principalities. We don't fight against people. Amen? But I'm saying there's a time to be violent in the spirit. There's a time to war. And there's a time to stand up and be counted and to say something about it. Jesus, you remember the whip thing? Cracked a whip in the temple. You know, he made that whip. Did you know that? Read the gospel of John. He sat down on the curb and made a whip. How angry do you have to be <laughs> to sit down and make a whip? He's going along. He's with his disciples. Peter, James, and John see him just take a seat. And he starts braiding. <laughs> if I were Peter, I'd be backing up. I'd be like, uh-oh. <laughs> Hey, John, you want to get some coffee? Yeah, let's go. I'm out. Man, that man was angry. In his anger, he didn't sin. Right? I'm not saying he sinned. In your anger, do not sin. It says, be angry, yet do not sin. Are you with me? Time for war, time for peace. Remaining faithful in every season requires this truth. God is always faithful, and his faith fills us. We are full of his faith right now. You're full of the faith of God. It's his faith, not yours. That's the key, y'all. Instead of striving and spitting when you pray and going into the prayer closet and hurting your knees, getting in the most uncomfortable position ever to pray, because that's more holy. Instead of all that stuff, just walk in step with the Spirit. Discern his will and do what he's doing. Say what he's saying. It's way easier. You're not growing in faith. You're growing in awareness of his faithfulness Amen. that fills you. Come on, stand with me. I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to end this happy chat. <laughs> Put your hand on your heart. Come on. Right now, Lord Jesus, I pray for each person under the sound of my voice that they'd have a deep impartation of this truth, that it's your faith in us that matters. God, I release a revelation right now in the spirit that it's your faithfulness that fills us. Come on, pray this with me. It says, say, it's your faithfulness, Lord, that fills me. It's because you're faithful that I can be full of faith. It's your faithfulness that keeps me faithful in every season. I receive over and over again the inbirthing of your faith. I thank you, Lord, for an awareness of how faithful you are in me and therefore how faithful I can be to others. God, help me rise up in faith, in your faith. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Come on, declare it. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that in you I live and have my, be my being. I live and move and have my being. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to partner with your desires. I say yes to partnering with your faith in me. In Jesus' name I pray. Say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Come on. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com.